Well, good morning and welcome to another edition of the Morning Devotional. My name is Pastor William Hill. I am the pastor of Providence Church. It's a congregation of the Presbyterian Church in America. It's good to have you here with me for a Monday, uh, December 7th, 2020. This is edition number 43 as we continue uh, working our way through uh, the Sermon on the Mount. We are in season uh, two and in the last few days we have been considering the subject of prayer. And this morning, we're going to consider uh, the second petition in the Lord's Prayer as given to us in Matthew chapter 6, uh, verse 10. But let's pray together, and then we'll consider uh, these words of the Savior this morning. Father, as we come to your word, we now come with uh, the understanding and uh, knowledge that uh, your word uh, is a light unto our path. And So we pray that you would indeed illumine our way, that you would teach us to pray, that you would give us the grace that we so desperately need from your Spirit who penned these things, that we might have help in our journey. We pray, Lord, that you would be kind to us and merciful, that you would be with your church and your people, with those who may struggle, who are weary. We ask that this time, uh, although brief, uh, would be edifying and helpful. Uh, to your sheep of your pasture, we pray for Christ's sake. Amen. Let me read uh, the Lord's Prayer, Matthew chapter 6, beginning with verse 9. I'm going to read uh, through verse 13. I'm reading from the uh, English Standard Version. Matthew chapter 6, verse 9, Pray then like this, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us uh, from evil. On Friday's edition, we considered the first petition of the Lord's Prayer. We considered the reality that here in these verses, the Lord Jesus Christ is teaching us to pray. He's teaching his disciples to pray. He's teaching us then, therefore, by extension, how to pray. Which, has, as I've argued already, uh, implies, of course, that we must learn to pray, that uh, praying rightly before a holy God is something that we need to be taught to do, and we will spend our entire Christian experience learning how to commune with the triune God in prayer. But the Savior, he teaches us here, he teaches the the, the disciples, he teaches us here how to pray when he says in verse 9, pray then like this. In Friday's edition, we considered the first petition, which is, hallowed be thy name. And there we learn that God, uh, that we are praying that God would enable us and others to glorify Him in all that whereby He maketh Himself known. And so we're taught here uh, to plead with the God of heaven that men on earth, made in His image, all of His creatures, would glorify Him. But even so much more than therefore the redeemed of God uh, should live to His glory. Today we're going to consider the second petition, which is found in the first half of verse 10, Your kingdom come. Your kingdom um, come. And again, we're going to use the shorter catechism question 102 as we uh, consider these words. We're also going to bounce back to the larger catechism, which is found in question 191. But the shorter catechism, question 102, uh, asks... What do we pray for in the second petition? The answer is in the second petition, which is thy kingdom come, we pray that Satan's kingdom may be destroyed. 
and that the kingdom of grace may be advanced, ourselves and others brought into it and kept in it, and that the kingdom of glory uh, may be hastened. When we look at the larger catechism, it expands, of course, on this question and answer. Uh, by answering the very same question, what do we pray for in the second petition? By saying, in the second petition, which is thy kingdom come, acknowledging ourselves and all mankind to be by nature under the dominion of sin and Satan, we pray that the kingdom of sin and Satan may be destroyed. Now here, it, it's making a, a statement that uh, most of us are very, uh, very much aware, we, fully aware that due to sin uh, entering into the world in Genesis 3, when our first parents uh, rebelled against God and His law, um, all of mankind descending from Him by ordinary generation, all of Adam's posterity were plunged into sin. Uh, we are then by nature sinners, and we have inherited His sin uh, through normal process, uh, which is why the virgin birth is so essential to Christianity, because Jesus did not descend by ordinary generation. But we have, as, uh, as ancestors uh, of Adam, we have inherited a sin nature. And so all of the universe, all of it was plunged under this dominion of sin, as the larger catechism states, all mankind to be by nature under the dominion of sin and Satan. And so as redeemed people, we, we pray uh, especially that this dominion of sin and Satan and his rule of evil in the world would be shattered, would be crushed underfoot. And indeed it is and will be uh, that uh, answer to that prayer will indeed happen fully and completely at the eschaton, at the end of all things, when the Lord Jesus Christ returns. And so... This prayer, while it, it, useful for this life and necessary for this life, as we pray that the kingdom of God would advance through the ordinary means of grace and the proclamation of the gospel every single day, and on the Lord's Day especially, uh, we are seeing the retreat, we are seeing the overwhelming forces of good, that is, holiness and righteousness, led by the King of Heaven, the Lord Jesus Christ, conquering sin and Satan. And so we pray this, but we also have a sure confidence and hope that it's going to happen. It reminds us also that we too, as Christians, are under, uh, we still uh, have indwelling sin. That sin no longer dominates us, but we still have vestiges of sin remaining in our members. And so we must plead and pray for the Spirit's help that we might overcome our uh, our propensity and our indwelling sin and temptation that we might not sin against God. It goes on, the larger catechism goes on and, and says, um, here we pray that the kingdom of sin and Satan may be destroyed and the gospel propagated throughout the whole world. And here, of course, we are referencing the simple truth that as we pray for kingdom Satan to be destroyed, we're praying that the, the thing, uh, the message that will indeed destroy that kingdom is in fact the message of hope, the message of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, that all men, Jews and Gentiles, would be brought in to this glorious truth, and that the church then, therefore, be furnished with all of the needs, the officers and ordinances, uh, in order to continue to advance the kingdom of righteousness. And so we pray that the kingdom of grace would advance, like a, a, a mighty army moving across uh, moving across the landscape, we pray that the gospel would do that work.
We pray that others would be brought in uh, to this kingdom, ourselves also kept in this kingdom. And we also then in the third place, not only praying for the destruction of Satan's kingdom and praying for the advancement of, God, of Christ's kingdom, we pray that, that the kingdom of glory might be hastened. That is, of course, that the Lord Jesus Christ would return. And indeed he's going to, and that prayer Sunday will be answered in totality. But we pray, even as the Apostle John prayed, come quickly, Lord Jesus. We pray for that today. We long for that today. Wouldn't it be just the uh, most glorious thing on earth if this were the last morning devotion you would have to uh, listen to from some uh, fallible person? But you could sit at the feet of the Lord Jesus Christ and hear from him directly as he speaks to his people. And so we await this. We long for it. But we need to pray for it. We need to pray for the kingdom of Satan to be destroyed. We need to pray for others to be brought into the kingdom of grace. But we need to also remember to pray that come quickly, Lord Jesus. It should always be upon our lips. I'm reminded of the story. I don't remember who it was, but I believe it was a Puritan who would go to his bedroom window every morning and he would look out into the sky and he would pray, perhaps today, Lord, perhaps today. And then at night he would repeat that same thing. He would stand at that window and before he went to bed and he would pray, perhaps tonight, Lord Jesus, perhaps tonight. And we should always have that expectation, that hope, that, that, that sure hope that resides in all of us, but we must pray for it. And it always then, therefore, frames our mind to think on things above, things of eternal weight and value. This is what we learn from the second petition as we pray, Thy kingdom come. Trust these times are a benefit for you. I hope they are. If you would like to contact me, you can do so. The information is there before you on the screen. Additionally, you can find these videos on Instagram, IGTV, as well as at Sermon Audio. Additionally, on, my, on the church website, as well as my own. That information is below, uh, below the video there before you. So until Tuesday, when we take up the third petition of the Lord's Prayer, may God bless you today, and may you serve Him, awaiting for the fulfillment and the return, ever being ready for the return of the Lord Jesus Christ. God bless.